Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Youth of the Nation podcast. Today, I have a great interview with my friend Carla Pratico. Uh, her interview was just amazing. And she's a woman of God. She's a businesswoman. She's based out in New York. And she went through so many troubles with me to get this episode recorded. And we actually recorded a couple lines like twice, but we got it through the final section, probably the final 40 minutes of the recording sounds a little bit quieter. And that's because we had to go to a different software. And I don't know what was happening with the one I got and I bought it. So that's kind of frustrating. But we got the interview done. It's a great interview. Uh, go ahead and follow her, Carla Pratico, and she'll share more of her information after the interview was done. But I did want to share about something. And obviously, I said that it would be kind of a dual episode of kind of me speaking and then the interview happening. And honestly, I don't have that much to share before you guys hear this interview. But there is something. And it obviously has to do with youth ministry. And I just want to share about kind of the night I had a couple of weeks ago with my youth ministry and why I think it was so effective and the best night of the year. And that's what it was. So usually we have worship, sermon, and then a pastor speaks. And our head pastor, uh, homie John, was going up to speak. And as he was going to share, I guess that night, the Holy Spirit whispered and said, no, we're going to do this different. So John tells the worship team, hey, this worship, this worship night is going to be is going to be you guys. It's going to be you guys the whole night. And I was like, cool, that's awesome. Right. And that's great. And so I get there and he goes, hey, Nate, I want, I want you to share what's on your heart. And I was like, I got a lot of my heart. And I'm kind of known for being the angry preacher around there because I just preach. I preach angry. I get sweaty. It's it's bad, but I love it at the same time. So Anyway, make a long story long. That's what happens that night. And the coolest thing that happened is that the worship team, the RLC students worship team, who is, there's two adult leaders and the rest of them are students. They made a song, like a, a song, like with instruments. Like I know every song has instruments, right? But a song with instruments and a chorus and a bridge. And they're add, they're going to add more to it. And they're going to put out a song, hopefully. This is my prayer. If Bree or Josie's listening to this, make sure you turn this into a song. But they're making that song. And this is what I realized. It's because we we allowed the students to to take control. Like those worship kids probably walked away and were like, man, I feel honored. I feel loved right now. I feel accepted. I, I, I truly do feel like I'm supposed to be here right now. And I think that was what was so crucial was that students got to feel like they were a part of it. See, what we're starting to find out, and I think I've talked about this in an episode, is that students are tired of just hearing, hearing, hearing. Students want to publish. Students want to make. And I got this literally from a, a pastor who knows John. Students want to make, students want to publish, students don't want to sit and listen anymore. That's okay, because I think often we're like, man, they don't want to listen. This 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 generation is troubled. Maybe this generation isn't troubled. Maybe we just forget that people change and things change just like we have changed. Just like who we are. Too often we want kids to be just like how we were 10, 5 years ago. That we forget that they're a new generation with new kids, with new wants, with new desires. But they still desire to know Jesus. They still desire to know the kingdom. So, again, to make a long story long, what I'm trying to say is, is that we need to activate students. Let students feel activated. 
Not that they're just coming to something, but that they're leading something. When you have student leaders, don't just make them glorified volunteers. Make them leaders. Let them lead. They're not ready. Well, make sure that they are ready next time you think they're ready. I'm telling you guys, this interview that we're about to go into kind of talks about she, she, she was a 27-year-old who had a crazy life. But someone activated her. And the story of her being activated in her faith is amazing. You guys are going to hear that in a little bit. But I'm telling you, if we can start activating students, we can start making them feel cherished, start having them feel loved. I think we can get to a place where students are taking control of their youth ministries. And you can feel like you don't have to do everything that night. But students say, no, 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 no. I'm about to preach tonight. No, 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 no. I'm about to get to it tonight. Because Nate... Because God, because someone has called me to do great works that have already been doing. That have already been doing. Hey, guys, again, I just want to thank you so much for checking out the podcast, listening to this episode, sharing them. Carla Pratico is a great interview. If you want to follow us on Instagram, follow us at, at the Youth of the Nation pod. Also, I didn't think about that, but that's literally Youth of the Nation POD. POD is who made the song Youth of the Nation. So, that's kind of awkward. And then also follow me at underscore Kybird and follow Carla Pratico at Carla Pratico. The ad, if you're wondering, is it going to be in the middle of the episode? No, it won't be. It's going to be at the end of the episode. So if you don't, don't even worry about it. Listen to the interview, share it, give it a rating. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, and keep it real. Keep it blessed. Hope you enjoy the interview. And I'm here with Carla Pratico. She is a leader, awesome speaker, pastor, um, and I'm super excited to have this interview and just to talk with Carla. So, Carla, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for having me. I um, It's really an honor anytime I get to share God's story and what he's done in my life. So, yeah, I, um, you know, I own a business. I own a branding and marketing firm that that God had me start many years ago when I first got saved. And, um, I've also pastored a church and I run conferences and for single people and for business women. And, um, so I've been doing ministry for many, many years, basically since I got saved. So I really enjoy pouring into leaders and encouraging them in the Lord. So. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I, so there's this thing called podcast guests and, I put out my podcast out there and I got a bunch of replies and I got replies from people all over the place. Um, people who didn't even know what the church was to people like <laughs> Carla. And as I was just reading Carla's story, you're going to hear about it in a little bit. It is so impactful and it really shows that Jesus works through anybody and can use yeah. everyone. He wants <laughs> to use every single person um, and especially mm-hmm. Carla. Um, so I'll link to her website and all of those things. But Carla, you know, we talked about this before. My favorite question, what is your why? Yeah, you know, my why is I am radically compelled by love. There's no other, there's absolutely no other reason to wake up in the morning for me is, man, I, you know, part of my story is 
even just how I got saved, you know, the backstory is that I, I had a really actually great home growing up. I had great parents, super safe home, always had food, kind of, kind of had most of the stuff that I needed or wanted, you know, not everything, but certainly wasn't denied in that way. But what I did experience was really difficult friendships growing up. Mm -hmm like really like mean girl stuff like that movie but probably even worse because it started in elementary school um to the point of you know i tried to commit suicide before the age of 12 you know i tried to um take a bottle of tylenol it's like when you're young you don't even like know how to do it right (laughs) but um i took half a bottle of tylenol before soccer practice and all it ended up doing was give me a stomach ache so that wasn't super successful obviously but you know, that was this condition of my heart was just, I dealt with so much rejection, um, in friendships. I was, you know, part of the popular girl group, but I was the one that kind of barely made the cut. (laughs) And so (laughs) kind of the tag along and, you know, the, the wannabe, if you will. And don't ask me why I, you know, stuck around long enough to continue to be treated that way but i think when you're a kid you don't know how to process things like no one if nobody nobody teaches you how like what a good friendship should be like or what you know how you should be treated and empowered in that way um so i really dealt with a ton of rejection um before middle school even and then of course it only got radically worse in middle school yeah um so that led me down really a path of a rejected life and what that what that manifests as is you know trying to find love in every corner of the earth that you can and um for me that started with i started watching tv a lot became super addicted to tv um and just sort of like some foundational understanding of what people do with pain there's sort of two spectrums right we have one side where people turn to addictions or things to ease pain and the other side of that is people lean on people or codependency to deal with pain and so i tend to lean on the addiction side so i'll look for things rather than people to sort of serve my my pain so early on i was like super addicted to tv and then as i grew up it turned into accolades right like getting awards and winning things and grades and all that stuff and I mean I won all sorts of awards in high school principal's award president of my school all that stuff you know trying to feel loved yeah truly trying trying to be trying to pretend that this is what being accepted looks like right work really hard to get people to like you yeah and um you know eventually here I am graduating going into college and that's when, well, actually high school, I started drinking and, and kind of sleeping around in high school and, um, college, it only really got worse and worse. And, and then I moved to New York and really got into club scene where I was clubbing four or five nights a week, getting blackout drunk and finding somebody to take me home, you know, total stranger whose name, you know, names were not relevant, (laughs) you know? And um, maybe you don't know. I hope you don't know, actually. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it was really, really this journey of a girl looking yeah. to be loved. And it started with not knowing my value. It started knowing with not knowing I was acceptable to be fully me, you know. So at this point, 
It's actually, so this is where I get saved. So I'm in a bar on my 23rd birthday and I'm probably trying to get this guy to take me home who I was talking to and I have a vodka soda in my hand. That was my my drink of choice because, you know, <laughs> a New York a New York woman also is highly concerned about what she looks like. So I was super careful about only having, you know, low calorie everything. So that's yeah. another layer of stuff going on in my world. And um and yeah, I'm I'm literally in the middle of a sentence with this guy and I hear this voice in my mind and it says, This is not your life. And as soon as I heard it, it was like, yeah, this isn't my life. Like, what am I doing here? I literally start looking around the room like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I am wasting my life in this place, mm. in these places, you know? And so I immediately, I put my drink down, like, didn't even say bye to this guy, just walked right <laughs> out far. And I'm, like, definitely drunk by this point. It's a miracle I even remember a lot of what happened this night, but... I get into a cab and it's wild because there's a man and a woman in the front seat, which is super, if you've ever been to New York City, like that's not a thing. It's usually just the yeah. driver and you. And so I get in this cab and there's a man and a woman and I'm sort of like, uh, are you like off duty or what's, you know, cause sometimes if they're off duty, they'll take you anyway, if they like happen to be going that direction. And so. Mm -hmm. Turns out they just so happen to live in my East Village neighborhood, which if you know anything about New York City, it's highly unlikely that a taxi cab driver lived in New York City just based off of or, or in East Village where I live, just based off of yeah. generally income levels. Um, so that was, you know, I was like, oh, cool, great. Like, I don't have to get out and get another cab. But as I'm sitting in this cab before we even pull off, um, the woman in the front seat says something like, doesn't God know it? And I don't, I didn't catch the whole context of it, but I heard the word God and it immediately ignited that that was the voice I had just heard in the bar. Hmm. So I knew that I knew that I knew I had just heard God's voice and that these people had something for me. Wow. And so I stuck my head through the little cab window. You know, there's like this little partition and <laughs> a little yeah. goofy stuck my, stuck my head through. And I just said, do you believe in God? And it turns out that this man and woman were married and believers. And they had a supernatural um, like meeting story. Like God brought them together. They were from the same, the same town in Haiti. And actually wow. met in New York City is like so incredible to hear their story because I'm, you know, I'm asking them like, who are you? What are you do? like? How do you know about this God? And, you know, I had grown up in church, so I had heard about Jesus, but I certainly didn't know him um, to any real, you know, impactful way. And so... I'm asking them about God and they start giving me scripture and I'm writing it down in this little journal I have. I still have the journal. It's pretty funny because the handwriting is so sloppy because I was drunk. <laughs> so I'm in the back of this car and I immediately start repenting. Like they didn't tell me I needed to. They didn't, you know, lead me into that. It was like the spirit, the Holy Spirit came on me so strong that I desired to repent. It's like that's what happens when you when you encounter the kindness of God yeah. and it leads you to repentance and so 
I'm in the back seat, like sobbing, mascara down my face, telling them about all the stuff I've been doing, drinking <laughs> around, sleeping around, cursing. And what is absolutely incredible about that night is I was instantly changed. I, no one had to tell me to stop sleeping around. Nobody had to tell me to stop drinking. Nobody had to tell me to stop cursing. It was like, I instantly got delivered of the stuff I was seeking God in Wow! and I kept not finding him. It's like I instantly had the love I had been searching for. And, you know, there's a scripture that says, um, I think it's first John two and it says he who loves the world does not have the love of the father in him. Right. Yeah. So what an, what an easy solution to all of this stuff that we kind of look around and, you know, we think is shameful and, and sinful and all that stuff. It's like, hold on a second. God isn't over here fretting and worrying about your sin behavior. He's actually wanting to get to the heart that just needs his love that will solve all of that stuff. Yeah. Like all that stuff's just manifesting fear, manifesting a lack of love. It's manifesting um, not knowing him. And so that's, that's why he hates sin, right? Sin mm-hmm. is what destroys us and hurts us and God loves us so much it's like oh that's not that's not my best for you Hmm. you know my love is what's best for you my love is what's gonna satisfy your soul and so you know that's one of the things um too just when I when I I do a lot of counseling and I find people are you know when they're struggling in their walk with the Lord my my simple answer is like have you asked him how much he loves you today have you asked him you know ephesians um ephesians 3 says uh paul actually prays this for the church which by the way if you're ever if you're ever wondering how to pray it's amazing to look through the scriptures for that phrase i pray it's like you can't get this (laughs) yeah um so paul actually prays he says um I pray that you would know the height and depth and width and length of the love of God that surpasses knowledge. And what's amazing about that is he's trying to describe an encounter. He's trying to describe an experience. He's trying to describe a personal relationship with the God of the universe who also loves you, the small individual. Yeah. And so he's describing this thing you can step into and feel and experience on every level, right? God Mm -hmm. gave us five senses, so we'd have five different ways of experiencing him. Hmm. And so that's always my my solution for people is, hey, do you know how much you're loved, though? And I don't mean with your head. I mean really down in your soul. Wow. And so um, that's what I encountered in in that cab that night was this, like, wild radical love that would find me in my darkest place the place where I couldn't have cared less about him I was so concerned with with filling me and trying to get you know me satisfied and yet he came right there because why wouldn't he yeah you know so um, he can't help himself he can't help but love his kids so yeah so that's my why that's huge and in that story, there's lo- there's love all around that story, you know, and you experience you actually what's crazy is you having feeling the lack of love for so long from people that you were trying to get it from and then experiencing that love in a you know, first in a bar and then just repenting 
like a crazy mad woman who's in love with God. Yeah. That's, that's, that's insane to me. And I think my next, kind of the next part to, you know, what's your why is, so how do you, you know, you've been saved and how do you live out that now? Like, what do you do in your life to be like, I want to do what God has called me to do? Yeah. You know, I think, um, gosh, I got really excited about taking risks with God Mm -hmm. and I find that I kept finding him there. I kept finding him on the edge of my comfort zone. And so quite literally right after I got saved, I, you know, I start reading the book of Acts. I start reading, you know, the gospels a little bit and I'm seeing Jesus say things like, you will know you're my follower. Like you'll know my followers because they heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the lepers. Right. Um, and so I'm seeing Jesus say this and I don't know better, right? Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never been given religion or what I call, you know, sort of a quenching of the gifts or rules, you know, I'm getting saved kind of into, I mean, I grew up, I guess, with, with the law a little in my life and kind of the rule, like following the rules. Cause that's what's, you know, God will smite you otherwise <laughs> understanding of that, um, sort of in, in you know, incomplete gospel. Yeah or inaccurate gospel. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, not incomplete. <laughs> yeah, inaccurate, yeah. Is, right? <laughs> uh, and so I had enough of that to know that wasn't Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when I'm, when I'm filled, you know, I got spirit-filled, um, baptized in the Holy Spirit a month after I got saved, which was an absolute game-changer. I mean, my pastor pulled me up in front of the church and lays hands on me, and I start praying in tongues and I'm like, wait a second, I don't even know if I believe in tongues. Like, yeah. what is this? You know? <laughs> sort of one of those like, well, I guess that just happened. I yeah. can't undo that. Um, but what's wild is I start having these crazy encounters with God after I got spirit filled. You know, I had a month sort of in between those two, the, the car and getting spirit filled. And, and in between that month was really my wrestling with faith. It was like, okay, if this is real, it's all real. Yeah. Like, there's no in between for me. There's no gray area. Like this is this is all or nothing for me, um, which I think is is it's a revolution. That's what I call it. I had a revolution in my heart of you know I was serving one master in my old life, and I didn't want to serve that slave master, you know, hmm. the enemy, who's yeah. the, the the child, the the father of darkness, right? I didn't want to serve him anymore. And so I wanted a full revolution of kingdoms. I wanted to switch from the kingdom of darkness fully into the kingdom of light. And I wanted all of it. Yeah. And so I think part of living that out was, man, I didn't have anything worth saving. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to keep my own life. I actually wanted all of his life. And so part of walking that out was like, okay, I'm going to test every boundary that I see in scripture. I'm going to test everything that you say in this thing and see if it's real. Cause if it's, if any part of it isn't real, then this is all up for questions. You know, yeah. I was just super honest, like about my, my beliefs in God and, That's huge. and what he kept doing was encountering me. And like, I'd have more faith to do crazier things like start a business with him. I started praying for people on the street and seeing people get healed, you know, within the first year or so, maybe a little longer, I prayed for a person in a wheelchair who got up and walked after (laughs) 
10 years of being in a wheelchair. So you, know, you start to have these little moments with God. Yeah. Like, okay, this is really real. Like, yeah. You can't talk me out of this. Uh-huh. I just blew my own mind by having just enough faith to ask if I could pray for his healing. And then God shows up and does it. And it's like, okay, hold on. Wow. So I kept seeing people get healed on the street of New York City. Um, I mean, literally, it was like if I saw someone walking by with crutches, like you better believe I'm on my hands and knees on the concrete praying for their broken foot. Um, When they would let me, of course. For sure. There Um, we go. Not not everybody lets you. but It's a good point. um, Lots of people do. And uh, what's amazing is I think that I had such an innocence about my faith, Mm -hmm. that childlikeness where it was like, hey, I see it. I see it here. And I've heard that this is who you are. So I want to find out for myself. It's like I didn't try to live on someone else's faith. I wanted my own story with God. Yeah. I wanted my own history with God. That's huge. And so I just started doing the gospel, right? The gospel looks like something. It looks like radical generosity and giving of your life and introducing people to the one who loves them the most and created them to love them. And um, so that for me was it was a simple it was a simple response to having been given new life. Yeah. Oh my gosh, people can have, like, they can live blessed. Like, they don't know that they're not even living blessed right now. And, um, and so that was, that's been how I, how I live it out is just life with God, really, truly. I mean, he's, he is, he died to have union with us. He Mm -hmm. didn't just die to like give us a golden ticket to heaven like that is the that is the bottom rung of what the finished work of the cross did right that's like the beginning stages of great you get to spend eternity with him but what about right now Mm -hmm. about right here does your life look like heaven on earth right in this moment and if it doesn't then it's under the influence of the enemy yeah and so that's what i've been pursuing is like man on earth as it is in heaven that is our that is our goal in, in inviting people into experiencing God and knowing that he is not going to leave them or forsake them, knowing that they're in full union, like he saved us to make us new so he could live in us and empower us to do what is good. It's like he made us to love us, you know? He wouldn't have thought, right, Nate? Like he wouldn't yeah. have said, hey, I want Nate to be born on this day and have this personality because I really like that. I really like that about him. Hmm. So it's like, if you don't know your first rung of purpose is to be loved by God, you know, all that other work stuff that you can do, like living out your, your, your why, Yeah. you know, it, it has to come from being loved. Yes. Absolutely. If That's it's deep. not, then it, it becomes works. It becomes, you know, the filthy rags that Isaiah mm-hmm. talks about, where you're trying to earn love when in fact he died to prove you can't earn it. Yeah. So. Wow. Carla, that is amazing. And that actually, <laughs> I think what you're saying is so crucial, especially to the the young people that are going to listen to this podcast and the young leaders and the youth pastors, because a big question behind this is, okay, so I know, you know, he loves me and I, I get, I get that, but what do you mean? What What do you mean when it needs to start with love? So I don't know. I don't know if that question makes sense, but how could you speak no, into sure. that? Yeah, for sure. So, so one of the things that I've been digging into in the Word and and with the Word is is exactly this concept of 
the difference between purpose, calling, and assignment. Mm -hmm. So these are very specific things that you see played out in the New Covenant. And Paul especially is so good at driving this home. Um, I think, let me see if I can find it. It's in Ephesians 3. You got your Bible out? Oh, come on. Oh, please. This thing goes everywhere. Everywhere. Um... Yeah, I. This is so cool. I, I can I read this? Is this yeah, okay? yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm going for it. <laughs> so, this this is in relation to the scripture I shared with you before, but I want to read the whole context of it because I think it's really important in this conversation where yeah. we have Paul. He says, "I pray that he, God, would unveil within you." the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. So here we are, step one, right? We've got Paul praying that we would experience unlimited riches and supernatural strength Mm -hmm. into the deepest part of our souls and bodies and minds. And it says, and then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. That alone, like we can like close up shop. That's the gospel. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. So truly Jesus, his, his desire here is you need to know that your purpose is to have the life of Christ deep inside of you as a resting place that you, that love will be the source of your life yeah so it goes on it gets better i don't even know how it gets better but it does <laughs> yeah it says then you'll be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences which by the way god calls all of his children holy no matter what their behavior looks like wow um which is an incredible inheritance that jesus gave us so every holy one experiences the great magnitude of the astonishing love of christ in all its dimensions and this is the scripture i quoted before about how deeply in you know how high deep and wide this translation says how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love how enduring and inclusive it is endless love beyond measure that transcends our understanding this extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of god so the promise is actually he's gonna keep loving you until you know the fullness of God. Which guess what? I think we'll still be doing that in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so there's clearly more than enough for us to be compelled now. For sure. Now. So it goes on to say, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. So that's the first part, right? This is purpose that we're talking about. This is, man, you got to stew in in this revelation of you actually can never doubt that he will accomplish his will, which is for you to experience his height and depth and width of his love. Yeah. And so, you know, that's that's literally 
step one of life. Like until that is fully established in you, you can't move on to calling or assignment, which I'll explain in a second is Paul then goes into Ephesians four and starts talking about, um, he says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I plead with you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank. So this is so interesting. What Paul has done is he started with, Hey, I pray that you would know you're loved in every part of your life, in every part of your mind, your will, emotions. Let them all reflect that you are perfectly loved Mm -hmm. by the Father and that he created you to love you. And then he moves on to behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So he starts with identity and he moves then to behavior and says, this is what it looks like for you to walk out that you're loved. It looks like choosing behavior that aligns with your high calling, right? It aligns with you being holy. So then Paul goes into callings and offices in in the body of Christ, right? Like pastor. I I know you said that there are a lot of pastors that listen to this. It's like, it is so radically important for you as a leader to go to the deep places you expect to lead other people into. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. It's impossible to take someone anywhere you haven't been yourself. Yeah. And so you can do all the programs. You can try to, you know, get some stuff done to try and reach people and all that's good. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, God's, God's looking at it and saying, Hey, but, but did you do it from love? Like, Hmm. was it actually because you're filled with my love and want to pour it out? Yeah. Um, and so, I love that it is, it's, it's a simple, it's a simple process really. And in, in my mind, it's like, Hey, don't move till you know you're loved. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause then we have what's called calling and there's lots of scriptures that talk about calling, but I would say the basis of a calling for every believer is to do what Jesus said, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons, kill the lepers, all that stuff. These, those are the things that like, if you're led by the Holy spirit, he's going to say, Hey, I have a prophetic word for this person on the subway. Why don't you go tell them even, even sometimes as little as, Hey, has anybody told you Jesus loves you today? Right. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. We're all created to hear his voice. We all hear his voice. We just maybe don't know that it's him yeah. or we're tapped into other voices and we need to learn how to not listen to those. Um, but so this is our calling, right? And you can do your calling anywhere. Yeah. You, you don't need a, a specific location or an amount of money or any of that stuff to do your calling. Every believer has been commissioned to heal the sick, raise the dead. Cast yeah. hands. Um, and so then, and then we get to assignment, which is what I would call good works that God has prepared for your hands. Right. Yeah. And assignment has a lot of different things wrapped around it. Like where you live, what you what you desire in your heart like the things that make you come alive right like i am not a worship leader so i am never going to lead worship and that's okay <laughs> um to each like each has their own assignment which is important and valuable like i love to worship i will never be a worship leader mm-hmm. um i lead worship from the other side without a microphone because i i know if I walk freely into the presence of God, I I want other people to go with me. But ultimately, that worship leader, man, if they haven't gone deep into the presence of God, well, then they're not going to take the room with them. So mm. 
It's like, are you worshiping in your secret place with the Lord? So you actually know that worship is an invitation into the secret places. Yeah. Um, and, and you can actually bring people with you there when you, when you lead it from a platform or from a stage or with a microphone. Um, so th those are, those are sort of the three things that I like helping people differentiate yeah. in their walk with God is like, Hey, I actually don't, I know for a fact, God doesn't care even a little bit about your assignment until you know your purpose. Yeah. Like he will not bless your assignment. I mean, he might bless it because he loves the people that you're working with and all that, but you will not be blessed because it will become a work. It will become dead. It will become religion. It will, it will be a, a source of burnout, a, a source of dissatisfaction. Like yeah. Truly assignment and even calling, right? We can, we can heal, heal the sick all day long and think that we're doing really well. And yet our soul is dying. Yeah, so is um, empty. That's wow. scriptural, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so purpose has to be, you know, this amazing revelation of knowing you're loved. And even practically for me, what that's looked like um, in that is every single day, almost every single day, I ask the Lord from this scripture, how high, how deep, how wide is your love for me today? And I just, I wait, I wait for him to give me a vision, give me a picture uh, to speak to me for his present, his manifest tangible presence to come on my body. It's, it's different all the time. Um, I actually just posted yesterday, um, God's answer to that question for me was discipline. He actually yeah. corrected me on something. He actually was like, I need you to forgive this person. And and that was his version of this is how much I love you because correction is love. Because he actually, those places of my heart where, where I had unforgiveness were places he is jealous for. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't want me to have that pocket of unforgiveness because that's a that's an empty hole that he wants to fill and he can't fill it until that unforgiveness is gone. So that's how much he loves me. It's like, oh my God, you even want that little place in my heart that I yeah. give up to, you know, a lie. And um, you're pursuing every single part of me because you want it to know it, know your love. Hmm. So, so practically that looks like you know, having a conversation with him and learning, um, cause faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which that word there is actually Rhema, which is different from logos. I don't know if you've heard of the difference between the two, but yeah, logos is, is the written word yep. of God, the actual like words on a page and Rhema is the active living word of God. So mm. his voice, right? We know there's, they're, they're one in the same, but they're also not the same. <laughs> um, yeah. The rhema word is a now word, and so um, it always lines up with scripture. But obviously, there are there are parts of our life that we need to hear His direct voice on things. That the answer is not in the Bible; it's in the author of the Bible. Yeah, that's so, um, so good, Carla. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the thing about um, knowing His love is, man, it starts with. Um, knowing that you were created for it. It's, that's genuinely when, when the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father got together and said, hey, let's make something that looks like us. You know, they did it because they were in perfect relationship with you, each other and they, and they wanted something else to experience yeah. this relationship that they had with themselves. So mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, I think that the best way to walk that out is, man, reading reading the word. Listen, I am a student of the word. I love it. I live for it. Um, but I don't worship the Bible. I worship King Jesus, and I mm-hmm. worship. Um, I, I value time with Him, and and sometimes you can study the word. And it not even really be about spending time with God. Yeah, it's the checklist. They're not always the same. Yeah. Um, so my intention is, man, I don't want to waste a single second of my life not being aware of Jesus's presence with me. Like I want to be aware of my union that He paid for. Wow. And so, um, yeah. So that's what I do. And I think you hit it on the head because you know I I've always heard the idea of God doesn't call the equipped he equips the called and the idea of like he's not gonna just because you have all the right tools the right degrees the right all of that you might not be spiritually ready to do what the lord's doing and you might ask questions as to why does why do they get the platform why do they get to do this and it could be god's like because they're called and they knew that they didn't need the right tools they just needed the right god and that's me and i think i think that's so huge so carla thank you for that that's going to encourage somebody I can't wait to get the texts about it. Just, man, she's so good. Where'd you find her? Come on. Amen. And, well, you know, yeah. I think the best part is like it all just came out of personal encounter. like man, Experience. Experiencing God, mm-hmm. knowing him. Like the, the, the word where they talk about, um, you know, I pray that you would know the love that surpasses knowledge. That word know is the same word that's used in Genesis when it says Adam knew Eve. Yeah. It's pretty wild, right? That we're is. We're not talking about sex, <laughs> obviously, but we're talking about this deep intimacy of like, I know to my core that God is good. Yeah. I know to my core that nothing is impossible. I know to my core that I am loved, right? There are these core values that, man, we shouldn't, we shouldn't move. I, I'm, I joke around, but like, I'm like the self, most selfish christian <laughs> it i am because i truly i don't do anything before i'm fully aware that i am loved hmm. like i don't i don't it's not worth my time or my effort because it's going to turn into it's going to get weird yeah. it's going to get you know mixture and all sorts of stuff that like i i tell people all the time like go be selfish with your prayer time if you yeah. need to if you need to receive god's love for a whole hour great don't care if you don't pray for anybody else it's like start there start yeah. with knowing who you are um because that is going to overflow you you're going to turn into the most generous person you've ever met just from being connected to him as source wow that's deep that's deep <laughs> wow start with him be selfish i'm taking notes just so you know uh, i always Good. take notes yeah. and so <laughs> i think carla thank you so much for your time and I, I want to end on, again, a selfish question, yeah. uh, a question that just me as I'm asked the question, then I'll kind of explain why this question is being asked. And it is, um, how can women, um, women ministers, just women in general in the ministry world, how can they be empowered um, when spaces, these church spaces, as we're trying to make them more equal, are still predominantly male? And the reason I ask this question is, I had a question, I released my last episode with my friend Andre yesterday, last night, and we talked about race, kind of, and mm-hmm. he says something that was so critical, so I think what where I'm coming from in this conversation is yeah. I don't know, 
But the reason I ask this question is I don't think it's okay not to know. And so to be honest, when your name came through and you said what you did and I went through your Instagram and all these things, I was just like, I want to know how she feels empowered or maybe where she doesn't feel empowered and how can men in those spaces help? Because what I'm learning is men have the privilege in a lot of these rooms and a lot of these spaces. So I want to be able to use that privilege that I have um, to push and to empower women. So it's a it's a loaded question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess like an amazing question. Even asking the question is like step one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's amazing that you even care enough to ask. Um, So I will I want to tell you a little story about my own journey in um you know, race, gender issues. Yeah. I So I own a business, a branding and marketing firm. And a couple years ago, I joined this mastermind. And um, the mastermind was filled with pretty successful, like financially successful people because it, you know, it had a decent price tag just to be in the group. And so I noticed about a couple weeks in this post come up and I didn't see who posted. I just saw a bunch of comments on it. I was like, okay, this must be a good post. Yeah. And so I kind of scroll up and, um, people are all congratulating this woman and, or this person. I didn't, again, still didn't really look at who posted it. And I just start reading this thing and she's like, oh my gosh, I had my first hundred thousand dollar month. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) Okay. We're, this is she's a real deal, right? Yeah. And um, I, as soon as I saw the picture of the person who posted, my heart dropped a thousand miles below the surface of the earth. It was huh. like, oh crap. So what I had realized is it was posted by this black woman who I had seen her post before in the group, and I never, not one time, read any one of her posts. And my point being is she definitely had valuable wisdom and revelation and, and business advice that she was sharing. And I, I didn't even bother to read it because I saw her picture and kept scrolling. Wow. And so the second that I realized that I was, I mean, I like, I'm kind of tearing up right now thinking about, um, just thinking about how little I cared first of all just as a Christian let's start there like yeah wow I didn't even care to think twice about this person and then as a business person I was like hold on I have a bias that believes black women cannot be more successful than me or could know better than me or teach me or train me in any way Hmm. and so um you know I'm having these double (laughs) both sides kind of slapping me in the face of like okay I've, I've got some major repentance in my own heart of some subconscious biases that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. And, um, it, it actually, it took me basically not even knowing what I was reading to even have this revelation. So I didn't even happen upon this, this, um, you know, awareness on purpose. It was totally on accident. Um, even though here I am thinking I'm super forward, I, I, I absolutely love you know, people of color. I absolutely, um, 
I absolutely, you know, I have black friends. I minister to black people. Like it, this is not in my forefront of my mind. I don't have a thing here. Um, mm-hmm. And so I see this bias and I, I just repent before the Lord. And I said, I really need to, I need to do something about this. And, and so that was part of, that was part of when I started my She Roars conference, which is a women's, um, really women's business and ministry conference. Yeah. It's, it's really to empower anyone who wants to do God's work. And so I, I really made it a covenant with myself to not, to, to absolutely pursue giving a platform to people of color mm-hmm. and to see them and to make make a safe place to say like hey I believe in you and actually I want you to teach me I want mm-hmm. you to pour into like it was really a self again selfish reason um, because I wanted my own heart to defy what the world has said to me and lied to me about yeah. this, this thing so I think being empowered and so this is just my own journey in, in the race issue um, my own journey has been man I want to see better. I want to see these people better. I want to see this people group better. I want to connect with them. I had, I go to basically every race and Christian sort of um, event I can find. I follow people who challenge, um, who challenge my paradigms on race. Yeah. And um, I get uncomfortable in it as as hard and as much as I can. Um, unfortunately part of being white is, is you don't even realize you're white. And yeah. so you don't realize the, the privilege you live in until you get uncomfortable and try to actually go there where someone else is. I heard somebody say once that, um, what was it? Churches can be sanctified subway cars. So by that he meant, yeah, you can look around and see lots of diversity in New York city but you don't actually see that person's <laughs> life that is different than yours rub off yeah. on your own life. You don't actually see them. You don't actually see your experience impacting my experience. Yeah. So how can I get in your experience to make it mine enough to where I I move with compassion and I'm and I move to do something differently than I did before I knew that experience. Yeah. And so with women, you know, I'm still I'm. I don't have a great answer for you in this one because I certainly feel it. I still feel the uh, glass ceiling, if you will. Yeah. Um, especially, I, I'm an absolute troll when it comes to conferences and when I see a bunch of old white men <laughs> poster or a Facebook post, I'm like, hey, I would totally come to this if there were more women speaking. Or hey, I, I, actually, I always say women and people of color. Yeah. Um, but I have like no shame in calling it out. And, yeah, and what's that's cool good. is some, some have responded and said, oh my gosh, thank you for the feedback. Like, we're going to do this next year. We're going to do this better next year. Yeah. Some of them have deleted my comment, you know? It's for like, sure. <laughs> um, and that's okay. Like, you know, you pray for them and, and, and pray that God opens, opens their heart to see. But I think that is a great prayer for yourself and over others is God help me see them like really see them yeah and be open to getting uncomfortable when it comes to um, 
putting them in positions of authority and putting them on platforms or putting them um, in the room to make decisions, I think is the biggest thing. And, and practically, this is one, this is something interesting that the Lord sort of suggested to me. I was in the car with kind of a, a pretty influential conference speaker one time and this topic of women came up and, and they were totally pro-women and, and that's amazing. Um, they actually have done, pre, you know, they preached on it and written books on how important it is to yeah. champion women. But I said something along the lines of like, you know, I think it would be really powerful if men who care about this stuff would actually refuse to speak at conferences or in places where there's not a woman or person of color mm-hmm. represented. And, it, and I saw their face sort of saying, because hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was sort of like passively, not aggressively, just passively suggesting <laughs> like, hey, this is you. This is, this is actually how you can make room for women by yeah. using your position of power and saying, hey, you want me? It comes with these demands. For sure. Um, and so that's, that's an area that I think in, can empower women is, man, getting uncomfortable to champion them mm-hmm. and make room and space for their voice and for their um, their revelation. I mean, listen, there's also some great books. There's one called Why Not Women? That's sort of the hand guide to, um, you know, revelation on women in the Bible. I mean, it, the amazing thing is <laughs> if you actually know the history of all the books of the New Covenant, Jesus was the most radical Let him know. Come on. of time, yep. you know? And so, I mean, we have, if you look, there's a, I think it's an Acts where there's a whole list of people that uh, were ministers in the, new, in, in the book of Acts. Oh, yeah. And, and there's apost- women apostles yep. all through that. Women leaders, women pastors all through that. It's like, hold on a second. Somehow the church along the way found it really convenient to use religion to shut the mouths of women when in fact women were the ones who preached the gospel first yeah we would not have any news of the resurrection if it wasn't for a woman (laughs) that is deep come on (laughs) right yes so jesus actually chose a woman to be the one who had to preach the truth and people either had to say i believe you or i don't believe you Mm -hmm. he was redeeming the curse right yeah He's redeeming the fact that Eve ate the apple. That's crazy. So wow. it's pretty wild when you when you look through Jesus with the lens of, hold on, he actually treats women the same as men. Mm-hmm. And we don't have, you know, we don't have women necessarily walking as his disciples, which I think was for the purpose of like demonstrating purity and yeah. levels of intimacy, right? Like we don't we don't have disciples intimately connected to us of the other gender for purity reasons and all that stuff it's like but he had women following him all the time and they were the only ones who were left at the end of the day at the cross you know yeah all his disciples bailed so that's crazy um, he was a radical dude and he totally would not agree with so much of the way the church does relationship with women and people Mm -hmm. of color and all that stuff and so here i am a woman on the other side of this saying like hey can you pay attention to us that'd be nice but at the end of the day we can't we can't champion ourselves you know? yeah and that is good that yeah. carla what you just said is probably 
you gotta write a book about that like because <laughs> i think because i because when i'm on i don't know why i go on facebook or why i go on instagram so much but when i'm on there i just get angry every time just yeah. every time because someone posts something ridiculous and i'm like come on really yeah and there was this post that was basically to the effect of yeah if they just did it themselves they could get what they wanted and i was yeah so you could you could probably guess i got pretty angry about that yeah yeah but what i realized is one they didn't know and two a lot of people believe that they don't if you're in the place of privilege that you don't have to help those come up with you and what you just said is you can't champion yourself yeah you you actually need the person in power to give you their power yes you can't steal it from them you can't make them give it to you doesn't work that way wow wow carla i you you're you you killed it i am (laughs) i this is this is awesome i appreciate you answering my selfish question and um coming on the podcast yeah (laughs) absolutely world changing that is the question i think that's the greatest question of the church right now quite frankly i think Mm -hmm. that's where uh, there's going to be a major revival around that if yeah. the church would just catch up. You know, churches that do catch this thing, you know, they're going to see that they've they've invited a whole nother side to Jesus into yes. the church that they've been missing That's all these deep. years. Another side to Jesus, and we want we want all of Jesus too. So we want all of him. <laughs> and so, Carla, how can people how can people connect with you? How can people get to know you? What do you have going on? Yeah, so I I'm on Instagram, Carla pra- Carla Pratico, P R A T I C O, um, and gosh, I'm on Facebook not so much these days. Um, <laughs> around on Instagram a little more. Yeah. But I also my husband and I are hosting a conference called the Union Conference in New York City. If you're around there, uh, it is all about equipping people for divine relationships and divine marriage. Wow. Um, you know, part of my salvation story I didn't get to share too much earlier was I I really encountered the God of union and mm-hmm. the God of marriage and the one who, who wanted me as his bride. And um, so that's a revelation that absolutely changed my life. And, and then God gave me the gift of the most incredible marriage, like beyond my wildest dreams, marriage. Yeah. And I know it's, it's a direct result of knowing my marriage with Jesus first. Yeah. And so um, we are hosting a conference to really help people be satisfied in their singleness, to get some practical communication tools and um, conflict resolution and all that good stuff that, you know, we don't learn in school. Yeah. So we have that coming up on February 9th in Manhattan. If you're around or you want to fly to it, it's <laughs> cool too. <laughs> Um, so that's the unionconference.com. But uh, yeah, so those are the main places. I have a website, uh, carlopratico.com. I also have a website, uh, but that's mostly business. You know, I do business coaching and yeah. Christian business coaching and things like that. And then um, my husband and I do uh, a lot of inner healing counseling to help people work through the, the places that are blocking love. Mm-hmm. and blocking God's love. And so, because we all have a little bit of trauma from growing up, you know, what's traumatic for one person is not for someone else. And so yeah. we just love seeing Jesus step in and interrupt those um, lies that we're believing or rewrite rewrite those stories to be victory 
in their yeah. lives. And so um, that you can find a lot of stuff about that on our my husband and I's website, which is kalelandcarla.com. And his name is, yes, it's Superman's name. <laughs> hey. You know <laughs> that's Marvel. awesome that's what i was thinking yeah. about i was like it is it, it totally is his parents <laughs> it's actually it's fascinating it's a uh, hebrew origin yes because yeah. the writers were jewish and so his name actually means voice of god uh, which is wild because he's incredibly prophetic and teaches people and trains people in the prophetic so wow. little did his parents know um that that he would end up being um, being what his name declares for so. sure so that's K-A-L-E-L and Carla.com. So, wow. Yeah. Kalel and Carla, love it. Wow. Yes. Well, Carla, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I am blessed. So um, Good. I'm so glad. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Youth Nation podcast, and I'll catch y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>